Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi again, everybody. Welcome once again to this latest edition of Grilling the Birds. It is brought to you by Inside the Birds. I'm Derek Gunn, along with Trey Thomas. And Trey, um, I sit here on this day, and I'm still dumbfounded and perplexed at what I saw because uh, I didn't think the Eagles, although they lost to Cleveland, which a lot of people predicted 22-17, I didn't think they could get progressively worse, but they did. Mm-hmm. How do you explain this? How's that possible when they talked all that smack leading up to the Cleveland game? Jalen Mills, we ticked off. Doug Peterson, we ticked off. We, we, we're going to give maximum effort. How's that possible? Yeah, yeah. You go into this game, and, I mean, it just wasn't – the energy level just, again, like I said last week, yeah, it's all good when you sit up there and you puff your chest on Monday through Friday, but then when it's game time – if it is fake enthusiasm, it will fizzle out quick. And that's exactly what you saw in this game. I mean, once you got – once they got punched in the mouth, you know, it started – you just saw, started seeing those shoulders drop each quarter. And then now you start seeing, guys, they're, they're done for the game, you know, and here we are. You know, just like I said last week, the energy level was going to have to be at a certain height and you're going to have to keep it there. You had to be – this is one of those games – that, again, you had to set the intensity. And I thought at first our defense did that by coming out. They had to, I think they got a three and out or whatever, however many plays, right out the gate. But then here you go, the offense gets churning. Then you get a fumble on the, or in the red zone. Then, they, and then after that, everything just starts fizzling out and going downhill. I like the way they came out in their opening series. They mm-hmm. took it right to Cleveland in the ground game. It was a 10-play, 71-yard drive. On that series, which is undug Peterson like of the ten plays, nine plays were rushing plays for forty nine yards, and I'm thinking this is going to be the game that Doug finally gets it and mm-hmm. just pounds away at Cleveland's run defense because they couldn't stop him. They were averaging over five yards a carry, and all of a sudden, like you just said, when they fumbled, it was like momentum. The, the wind was taken out of their sail. It's just a few minutes into the game. Yeah. You know, because you feel like, all right, yeah, here we go, here we go. And then, bam, oh, no. And then now you have Cleveland just march it right down the field, even though they got that Jalen Mills made a big play right down there on the field, got the stop on the on the half-yard line. But, again, you know, now the team is in backed up. And, and, you know, 
here we are again where it just, to me, it just looked like they did not come out there aggressive enough. Well, they, they tried to come with an aggressive game plan, but after they got popped in the mouth a couple of times, they started abandoning it. They got away from the run again, started trying to pass a little bit more. And here we are looking at this game where Cleveland should have been a game that they came out of there with a win. I thought that our defense did a solid job. I mean, you know, when you look at it, they only gave up really 15 points. You know, the, the defense only gave up 15 points, which should be good enough to get a win. But when you give out a turnover, a pick six for a touchdown or a pick six, and then, you know, another interception later on, that, that right there, that just kills the game. Second series of the game. Wentz back to pass, gets hit from the backside, ball flutters like a dying quail, and all of a sudden we're looking at a guy in a Cleveland Browns jersey, talky-talky, take off the other way. Yeah. Now, as bad as that was, it was still only 7 nothing. but you, could get, you just felt that momentum was headed that way and wasn't coming back this way. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when you have a turnover, you start your first drive off, with a turnover, with a fumble. Then you come back with the second drive, and then it's an interception, a pick six. Yeah, you know, that's when the team just starts really – everybody's woe is me then, you know. And it's and, and the play was – it was Rodgers' fault on that particular play because, I mean, you right. know, it was the type of play where everybody needed the zone to the left. Rodgers got caught. You know, he was wet from all the rain and had, had a perfect seat to watch the game. And was just like, you know what? Oh, man, this is so so awesome. Hold on, wait a minute. I have to block him. Too late now. Here comes the hit. And then now that's a pick six. You know, and then his effort on trying to chase the guy down for the, to try to stop the touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> he runs the guy down. And then you see him just like, you know what? I am going so fast. What I would like to do right now. It's just act like I'm a kid again and try to do a slip and slide. And he dies like the guy and just slides across the field. I'm like, what was the purpose of that? You knew you weren't going to touch the, touch the guy, but he just wanted to run and just like, hey, wee, slide across the grass. All right, that made it worth it. And, and it's just like, what, what is going on with this team? I, I do not I, – I can't put my finger on it. I, I look at the rushing stats in the first half and I had to do a double take because in the first half they ran the ball – 19 times for 96 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, that's five yards to carry. Yeah. And I'm still duped into thinking, this is the game where nobody can question Doug Peterson calling run plays. Nobody. When you, when you hear those stats, when you look at those stats, how impressive is it for a team that won't stay committed to the run? Even, even the novice of football fans could see the run game was the way to go on a muddy track surface. Yeah, it was definitely the way to go. When you go out there and you have 100% participate, precipitation from day one, from right as soon as the game starts, it's raining. And, you know, this was the type of game that you needed to go out there and just ground and pound and let's see what our front, our front five can do. And that's where we major at. You know, that's where I think that, you know, Coach Stout really excels when it gets into run game and um, making sure combination blocks are, are good and guys are getting up to the second level, creating holes for the running backs. But then now you get away from that, and, and, you know, there you go. You know, you were mentioning Richard Rodgers and how he whiffed on a block and then, of course, did the old slip and slide technique. But he did have two catches for 48 yards and a 19-yard touchdown. And I touched on this a couple of weeks ago. 
I thought Richard Rodgers had really elevated himself in terms of being a viable entity, especially in a passing game. His last two games, uh, he's seven catches, a little bit over 100 yards. You know, I think in a lot of ways, obviously, when Zach Hurts is out there with Dallas Goddard, Richard Rodgers become, becomes a forgotten entity in this offense. But I think with the absence of Earth, he has stepped in and filled in nicely mm-hmm. when called upon. Yeah, I, I like Richard Rodgers. You know, I, I like him as a receiver. I, I mean, he will go up and go get the ball. If you give him a chance to get the ball, he will go and get it. You know, it's just that every now and then you see him getting caught, you know, in this little situations like this because that, that play right there, you know, it kind of took the sell out of, out of this team's on wings when you just when yeah. you just turn over and then now, you mm-hmm. know, you come up there and you give up that hit that caused the interception of pick six. Then now, you know, yeah, you can go out there and go catch a couple passes, but that play right there really hurt the team. Time to go inside the trenches with Trey and Trey this offensive line, which was the ninth offensive line combination this season, gave up five sacks and Cleveland's best pass rusher, Cleveland went into that game with 22 quarterback sacks. Their leading sack master, Miles Garrett, nine and a half sacks, didn't even play in the game. Yet the Eagles line gives up five sacks and 11 hits on Carson. Mm-hmm. But was it solely the offensive line's fault, or do we journey down that road again? The quarterback not getting rid of the ball when he should get rid of the ball. Well, I mean, some of it, you know, you got, it, it doesn't matter if the quarterback it's going to be put on the line anyway. They're going to say, oh, yeah, the quarterback should have got rid of the ball. All right, it's still put on the offensive line, you know, because, you know, you go back and you look at the, the, the first sack that J.P. gave up. J.P. gave up three sacks by himself. Could Carson have gotten rid of the ball? I don't know. That, the, those rushes came in there pretty quick. And, you know, when they sat up there and you see the, the guy, the rusher came up, but Vernon – um, Vernon came in and just gave JP a nice little butt, made JP sit back, and then now he took his outside arm. Where now, you know, he just took the edge on JP. That was his first sack. Second sack was the sack safety, you know. So right there, JP didn't sit down. He tried, he decided to walk back. We've always been taught as offensive tackles to hop. You're supposed to hop, use a hop technique because the hop techniques allows you to sink your hips and stops the bull rush. If you walk back as an offensive tackle, then they will walk you right on back to the quarterback. And that's exactly what happened on that safety where JP tried to use a walk technique and end up getting walked back to the quarterback. And then when Claiborne beat him for a sack, what Claiborne did was a little crafty. You know what I'm saying? What he did was he widened out a little bit. Now, the worst thing for an offensive tackle is to have a defensive end probably about two or three yards outside of you because it makes you panic and JP instead of jumping him like he would usually do he set back and JP has had a habit of whenever he sets back after his second kick his outside foot turns and gives off a a soft shoulder and what Claiborne did he timed that perfectly so he widened out and took the proper steps to get there so as soon as JP dropped his outside foot Claiborne was on that outside shoulder Bam, there's your third sack right there. Now you flip over to Lane Johnson. Here he is. He goes out there using those double underhand hooks, a technique that Coach Stout teaches a lot where he wants both hands to just to come up. I want to, it's kind of like a forklift technique where he's like, all right, I want you to come up. So what that's doing is that allowing the defensive end to just climb all in your chest cavity. You're catching. And then now you see Lane 
use the same walk back technique instead of hopping. So this shows me that A, you didn't drill what, what should happen when, it, when you get a bull rush. You didn't drill it and you didn't, it, it wasn't a talking point throughout the week. I mean, everybody knew, you know, you can see the forecast days out from how the, how the, how the game is going to be. Everybody kind of knew what the weather was going to be in this game. You knew you were going to get bull rush coming into this game. Why not drill it throughout the week? And that's where I continue to have a problem with what's going on with this offensive line. I mean, you're getting beat with simple games. I mean, you know, you had one play where Carson got hit where it was just a the end come crashing, the defensive tackle come crashing, and then you had a looper come around. It's a three-man game. That's offensive line 101. But JP gets caught, stuck in, looking at the defensive end. Then you got a D tackle coming, blazing around, put a nice hit on Carson Wentz. Too many times I'm seeing, like, just technical breakdowns and technique and then just simple stuff that should be drilled every Wednesday and Friday for for NFL offensive line. I think we've reached a point where we should just give a eulogy for Jason Peters. I mean, that was the most pitiful performance I've seen him have in, in quite some time. Olivier Vernon basically embarrassed him in, in a lot of ways. And at one point, JP basically took himself out of the game. I'm like, whoa, what? Yeah. I mean, that's disrespect to the brotherhood of tackles, isn't it? Well, this was his second time coming out of the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he came out of the game uh, in the first drive. You know, so a lot of me, yeah, I, like, yeah. I was just going through the film again. I'm like, oh, dang, I did not catch that the first time I saw watched the game. I didn't notice that JP was out for the first draft. So, you know, to get to that point in the game where you know, okay, we're going to have to air it out, man. We need our five horsemen up front. Let's get it. Where's JP? You know what I'm saying? So then they were like, well, when Zug came out, he said it was a, he had some type of injury. What was the injury? There was no talk about the injury. What is it? You know what I'm saying? Now you get to the point. Kelsey goes out there, gets his elbow crushed, goes right. in at halftime, gets braced up. I know Luke, whoever his last name is, I don't even know what Luke's last name is, the backup center. He had to be the happiest man in the world to go in there and see Kelsey getting that brace put on <laughs> and coming back out there because Luke wasn't ready for any of that. But for JP to get to that point and, and you know, you need your best pass blockers out there, and you're not out there, man. You're not. You're not. You're not out there battling with your team. You know what? What does that say? So why won't Doug? Why won't Doug send him? It's not about the money at this point. The money is what it is. Um, if you're going to get that kind of performance, why not just put Malata back there? Let that young man continue to groom and let this team analyze whether or not Malata could be that left tackle of the future. I don't well, get it because JP is done, cooked. Yeah. Well, because if you bench one, you got to bench them all. You know what I'm saying? So now if you, you start benching one, then when is it going to stop? You can't just say, all right, well, JP, you're not performing up to par. I'm going to bench you. But then you don't want to do the same thing for Wentz or you don't want to do the same thing for Kelsey when he has a bad game. Because Kelsey's last, um, game last week was bench worthy. But you know what I'm saying? You can't do that when, you know, you kind of you just letting it ride and that's the problem that I've been saying from jump is that the precedent has been set on this team since day one. So now you just got to ride this thing out until the season's over. Mm. You know, Doug also mentioned something that I'm still scratching my head about. He said in the press conference that Opeta 
has earned the right to uh, have more playing time, and he's moved ahead of Herb. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, all right. I, am I missing something? How has Opeta moved ahead of Herbig? I'm not saying Herbig has played great, but what did Opeta do to move ahead of Herbig? I don't get it. I do not know because you even go back and you look at the game last week against the uh, who did they play Giants? You know right. where o- Opeta got put on his behind like a couple times. I mean where he got put. I mean real dirty, right. nice. I mean you know and then he calls the one sack where he stepped on Carson's win's foot. You know so I don't understand what they saw in in his play to make them feel like well you know what hey man at push come to shove we're gonna put Opeta out there over Nate Herbert and to me it just seems like. You address Nate Herbert just because he could be that backup center for you. Because now you got caught. You got you really got caught. You got exposed this week because Nate Herbert is usually your backup center. When they ran that one play where Kelsey was flexed out out there, Nate Herbert was your center. So now you have a situation where Kelsey goes down and you're like, uh oh, now we got to throw Luke, whatever his name is, out there. And, you know, you got Nate Herbert just sitting over there on the sideline like, you know, if I would have played, I could have been your guy. But you kind of outsmarted yourself on that. You know, you were talking about Jason Kelsey, and I want to bring him up again because uh, this man not only went in and got armored up, he came out. He couldn't even buckle up his own chin strap, okay? Mm -hmm. And you saw that on camera. This man finished the game. Doug Peterson has said uh, recently that he's sore, but he fully expects – Jason Kelsey to be there Monday night when his team takes on Seattle. It will be his 100th consecutive start. Mm-hmm. I can't say enough about Jason Kel- Kelsey, the, the mindset, the mentality, uh, the ability to overcome all kind of physical odds and continuously get us behind back out there in that football field. That man's a true warrior in my book. Yeah. I, you know what that, you know, that right there did kind of do something for me with Kelsey. Cause now I don't always agree with some of the stuff that goes on with his technique and some of the calls and all of that. But for him to go out there in a game like this, get hurt and say, you know what, do whatever you got to do to get me back out there on that field. When you got other guys that's trying to find a way to get off the field, Kelsey is trying to find a way to get back on the field. And you know what, I can't, you can only just say, man, that's what I'm talking about. You know, because that's what this team needs. You need your, 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 your leaders to step up and show that type of effort. Don't be the guy that's looking to try to get off the field. Kelsey trying to find a way to get back on that thing. That brings us to the franchise quarterback. This man mm-hmm. has now been sacked 40 times yeah. in 10 games. And hit he's 99. Completed, hit 99 times. He's completed 58% of his passes. 
He's still missing wide open receivers. He's still overthrowing. He's still underthrowing. Um, when you look at his sack totals, I, I, I looked this up. The last four years, they have gone up from 2017. It's 28 sacks, 31 sacks, 37, and now 40 sacks in 10 games. I mm-hmm. think this man is, is mentally and emotionally beat up right now. I mm-hmm. think he doesn't trust his offensive line, and I think it has caused him to dull his anticipation skills, mm-hmm. uh, that mechanism in your head where you got to get rid of a ball in X amount of seconds. I think all of that has been affected to a point where basically he's warped. He's warped right now. Yeah, and you know what? When you say that 31 sacks now, you got to keep in mind, that was at the two. That was in 2018, where he only played. Yes. What? what he, he played what? Yes. Twelve games, maybe. Yes. You know, like may, maybe twelve games. You know, and and I mean, you know, that that's not good. You know, and yeah, I I know he doesn't protect his uh, doesn't trust his protection. When when you have guys getting beat with simple games, I mean, simple games. You know, how can you trust it? But every time he gets himself up off that ground dust right. himself off and he gets right back under the center again and he tries to deliver another ball even though he knows he's about to get blasted when you go out there and you look at this game and you see that the quarterback's jersey is the dirtiest jersey on the field right. that's a problem that is a problem that's a huge problem now that's one thing if he's doing it because he's diving and scoring but his jersey is was the dirtiest jersey on the field and at quarterback, that's ridiculous. Okay. I hate, I hate to bring this up, but everybody else is, so we have to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Should he sit a game, a half, a quarter? Now, here's my theory. Mm-hmm. I know people are screaming for Carson Wentz to sit. Okay, you have a big game coming up on Monday night against Seattle. You're still, as of right now, at the top of the NFC East. Of course, that will change on Thursday. Uh, whoever wins that Dallas-Washington game will move into first place by a half game with four wins, which is unbelievable in itself. But Hopefully they very much, What yeah, if they tie? That's not happen. That would be awesome. Eagles tie. It would. But only <laughs> Eagles tie, man. That would be that awesome. That would be awesome. A three-way tie? That's what we need. Tie. Tie. That would be funny. <laughs> that would be funny. All right. So here's my theory. Your franchise quarterback, as bad as it is, starts mm-hmm. this game on Monday night. If things begin to unravel for him quickly, first quarter, first half, that's when I go to Jalen Hurts. And I still don't know. We're not, nobody knows if he can even run an offense or how limited of a version of the offense can he run. But that's when you bring in a Jalen Hurts for a series, a quarter, a half, depending on what he does. He might even finish the game and rally the troops. But mm-hmm. my franchise quarterback has to start the game, and my decision has to be based on what I see early on. Yeah. I mean, you know what? Like, if, it, if I personally feel like, you know what, hey, man, you know, I, I don't know how much sitting him is going to really help, you know, right. but if, if you say, all right, you know what, you want to sit him for, for a couple series, now would be the time to do it. You don't have any fans in the stadium. You don't have to worry about the fan reaction that's going to happen with the crowd and all this other stuff. So if you bench him now, go ahead and bench him during this game and just see what you, if it's going to create a reaction in Carson, I don't know. But, I mean, to me, I feel like it's not all Carson's fault. I know that a lot of people are want to put it all on his shoulders, 
But you can see that sometimes receivers aren't where they're supposed to be at times. You can see also as well that, you know, sometimes, you know, the, the, the scheme isn't where it needs to be. You know, so I know he's always going to be the one to take a blunt of all of this. But, man, when you go back and you look at the film and it's like, well, dog, your receivers aren't winning. Sometimes, you know, he doesn't see the field at times. But now, is that all him or is that coaching? Has the coaching let him down some? And I think that it's been a little bit of both, you know, where the, I think that the coaching has let him down. And right now he's just kind of stuck in a rut. And, you know, once things are down and, and the world is against you, you keep trying so you tr- keep trying even harder and even harder. And the more you press, the worse it gets. And that's, I think, just where he is right now. Jokingly, sometimes I wonder if Doug Peterson has a vendetta against Carson Wentz because he keeps leaving that man in the pocket uh, mm-hmm. and that, that man keeps getting tattooed. And, of course, uh, after this game against Cleveland, for the second week in a row, Doug Peterson says, hmm, maybe I should move my quarterback out of the pocket. Here's what Doug had to say. The Probably the, the number one thing is just me calling it more, honestly. Um, we had success in the run game in the first half, and, and my plan going into the second half was to kind of get him out of the pocket, was to get him out of the pocket, especially on first and ten, um, you know, situations, uh, you know, to, to do that. And a couple of times we had, we had in this game plan, um, we had the movement throws also kill to a run, you know, a run uh, check uh, built into the game plan based on, based on what the defense uh, gave us. So some of that was all that, some of that came up where we, you know, um, got to the run as opposed to the, the quarterback movement. But, but honestly, it's uh, probably more me just calling them. Come on, Trey. I mean, seriously. I, I mean, how many, how many weeks have we been talking about this? How is it the fan base, the media, everybody knows except the head coach that you have to get this man out of the pocket and let him work on the move. I think he's a better quarterback on the move than that, than he is stationary. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I think right now what's going on is that this team is being hurt with, because you don't have an offensive coordinator. I was talking with Todd the other right. night. And, you know, and he was just like, you know, this team doesn't you mean have an idea. Todd Harriman? Todd Harriman. Yeah. yeah. And, and he was saying that, you know, this team doesn't have an identity with, that you would kind of find with an offensive coordinator. Offensive coordinator – Whoever the offensive coordinator is would have a, a, a system in place of what he wants to call it what, and a rhythm to what he wants to call it and how he wants to call it. And, and, and the run plays would marry to the passing plays. But for us, it just seems like we just got a big gumbo of plays and all of these ideas, but none of it looks like it kind of coordinates with the other. And I think that that's one of the things that's really hurting his offense. So, yeah, you know what? Do you feel like he has – I hope he doesn't have a big against him. But sometimes when you see him getting his block knocked off and then you call a quarterback draw, then it makes you feel like, man, really, really, I mean, you're going you're gonna to put him in harm's way. The man, the man has had three years of big injuries, and now he's sitting up here getting tattooed left and right, and you still want to run a quarterback draw, a zone read quarterback keeper? Man, get that to the running backs. I'm trying to save him. It's like the Rock'em Sock'em Robots. You know, you hit him under the chin, the head pop up, zing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh my goodness. Hey, I want to go back to the running game for just a moment. I want to run these stats by you here. And because you were an offensive lineman, I know you watched the game like I did. Uh, and I, w- I want to know what you were thinking after the game when you found out these numbers. First half, we talked about this. Mm. Uh, the running game, 19 carries, 96 yards, 5.1 yards per carry. 
Miles Sanders, first half, 11 carries, 63 yards, 5.7 yards per carry. Second half, the team ran the ball six times for 10 yards. Miles Sanders, five carries for three yards. In a close game, it wasn't like the game was a landslide and your quarterback had to come out throwing him to catch up. It was a close game into the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. How, how do you abandon this run game? Come on, man. This, yeah. you, you got people telling you your stats. Come on. Yeah. How do you just abandon? You go from 19 in 30 mm-hmm. minutes to six? Now, I understand when you fell behind 22 to nine, you got to play catch up. I get that. But you had enough time to pound away at that defense again without Miles Garrett. It wasn't a stout run defense. And you play right to the strength of Cleveland's defense, which was the pass defense. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you start, you go back and you look at just some of the run block techniques that was going on there, man. JP was getting beat inside a couple of times, you know, um, on some of those zone reads. Uh, you know, the combination blocks were getting split. Uh, you know, we kept trying to run the toss, crack, and crunch where we would pull our guys out and uh, yep. try to get our guys out there on the edge but they weren't cutting on the second level. So I think that that created pileups. But, you know, to me, it just seems like it would have kept it simple, kept pounding it up inside. But, no, we wanted to get fancy and keep doing plays that weren't effective. I, you know, and for whatever we, reason, we kept trying to come back to a couple of these little wham blocks where you have JP jetting upfield and then you bring a, a pulling guard or a pulling tackle and you try to crisscross it. It's just – it, was, it wasn't working, and then we start getting into now that the run game doesn't work anymore, now we got to try to air it out, and, you know, that just – that played even more into their hands. All right, still have a lot of football to talk about yet, but right now, uh, the holiday season is in full swing, and with the professional and collegiate football season entering the playoff push, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook, wants to put you in the center of the action. Now, if you haven't tried it yet – Head to the App Store right now because you don't want to miss what DraftKings Sportsbook has to offer. Now, to celebrate Sunday's action, DraftKings is ensuring all new customers are covered up to $100. That's right. You bet they cover risk-free Sunday betting on all of Sunday's action. Don't miss out on Sunday night's pivotal matchup between bitter divisional rivals Green Bay and Chicago. So, Get in on all the action now, right now. Now, one of the other games that I'm going, to, I'm going to be watching closely is that big AFC South showdown, Tennessee and Indianapolis. Both of these teams, 7-3 and three going into this battle, both coming off big wins this past Sunday. Tennessee winning against Baltimore in overtime. And, of course, Indianapolis getting a last-second field goal against Green Bay to pull out that game. Now, on top of all of that great sign-up offer, DraftKings Sportsbook has special odds boost and promotions every day of the week. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use the promo code ITV when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is ensuring your Sunday bets up to $100. That's right. New customers can bet this Sunday risk-free up to $100 when you use the promo code ITB. Hey, it's Jeff Bosher. Adam Kaplan and I love using Anchor for our Inside the Birds podcast every week. It's so user-friendly, anyone can create their own podcast, and you should too. Just download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. 
Anchor gives you everything you need to start your own podcast from your phone or computer. Its creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast for a professional sound, and Anchor will distribute your podcast for you to Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and so many other platforms. It can be heard by everyone, just like Inside the Birds. You can also make money from your pod with no minimum listenership. What are you waiting for? Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to create your podcast today. Doing sign-up for a limited time only on DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, as we continue our football talk, and I find this interesting, earlier in the week, the Eagles signed an old friend of ours, Jordan Howard, to the practice squad. Miami, of course, let him go. Does Jordan Howard have anything left in the tank? And why do you bring back a Jordan Howard when you have a pretty good one-two punch in Miles Sanders and, you know, Boston Scott? Just because we, we, we love bringing back stuff that's familiar, you know, and that's just a Howie move. You know, I, to me, I, I don't know why you would um, bring him back. You know, it's not like you're going to use him in there as a big bag situation. I don't know. Maybe you want to use him some, for some of those um, short yardage yards, but I don't know. I, I, I really don't know why we, we made that move. Um, I look at strategies, and we continue to beat our heads against the wall when we look at Doug Peterson's strategy for a game. But then I go to his counterpart on the other sideline, Kevin Stefanski. Kevin Stefanski identified early on what Baker Mayfield is and what Baker Mayfield isn't. So what did he do? Their claim to fame, come, come hell or high water, is they're going to run the football. And they're going to run the ball with Kareem Hunt uh, and Nick Chubb. And that takes a lot of pressure off a quarterback who's okay, not spectacular, not great, but he's okay. But, but Kevin Stefanski has done a great job in terms of covering up for his quarterback's deficiency, whereas this guy here continues to expose his quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you can tell, like, Cleveland's just like, look, you, you know, we only need Baker Mayfield to just manage the game. Don't give the ball away. We'll be okay. Because you can sit out there and ground and pound. I think they have an athletic offensive line that can get out there and create movement. And those running backs are good. And now you mess around. And as a defense, you really have to be all about containing your gaps because if not, man, those guys can take you for a long one. And, and that's, you know, and they, you got to be able to be a physical team to come in there and shut a Cleveland Browns team down. Because if not, then now if you come in and you stack too many in the box and you start to over-pursuit, then here comes the play action over the top of it. So, you know, to us, I felt like our defense did a solid job. But like you said, Carl, uh, um, Baker Mayfield – it's just all about, hey, man, just manage the game for us. Don't do anything stupid with the ball. Hand it off to our running backs. We're going to sit out there and ground mm-hmm. and pound this thing, and then we'll see how we can come out at the end. Eagles offense is out of whack, mm-hmm. all right, out of whack. Two for 12 uh, first downs this Sunday, uh, past Sunday. The last two games now, two for 21. They have scored 17 points in consecutive weeks. Still have six games to play. I don't know how you feel about it. I think it's too late to fix. I, I just think it's too late to fix now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just going to ride this thing out now. And I told you, man, we're just trying to get legal. And sure enough, here we are. Wait, wait, Sitting you there. said get legal. What does that yeah. mean? Yeah, when we were saying we were talking about the points last week, and right. I was like, man, we're we trying to get to the points where we're, we're just legal, you know, to get up in them 20s. And what did we finish with? 17. 17 points. 
Yep. So, you know, I, I, to me, I just feel like, you know, I, I think it's just total overall with the team, everything that's going on within that locker room is too late for them to fix it to me. You know, I just feel like you guys too many things that you're going to have to just cut out of here for next year. Cause right now the press, like I said, the precedent was set a long time ago and now it just, it's showing itself now before you had some leadership in there that could kind of help pull things together and get guys going and keep it going. But now I don't think you had the same leadership within that mm-hmm. locker room to fix this. Cause everybody will sit there and say, well, you know what? We can do this. We can do that. We upset. We can, ah, ah. but then when it comes down to it, what if you're the, what if you're the problem? Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So that, that's, you know, to me, you know, I just feel like, you know, right now you just got to ride this season out. There's, there is no, you know, you got to ride this out. And then once it's over with, you make some decisions on how you're going to move forward. But to say that we can fix this right now, nah, because I mean, Doug can't come in and just come beating on the table with an iron fist right now. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, it's too late. You can't put, you can't go back and say, all right, we're putting pads on to set the tone. It's too late. It's too late for all that now. You know, now you just got to ride the wave. What it's not too late for right now is I understand you have a little promo you like to share with us. Oh, yeah, man. It's autumn, man. Autumn is in the air. And Manscaped is here to ensure you don't care. Carve your pumpkins while grooming your... By pumpkins, we actually mean your boys downstairs. In fact, Manscaped is on a mission to change the way you approach caring for your undercarriage. And great news, they just released their products in the UK, Canada, and Australia, the great down under. You, can, you, can, you can't forget about the best trimmer for your BBB, but balls and body. The Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer offers a replaceable ceramic blade with advanced skin-safe technology, which helps reduce grooming accidents. Their new Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer uses the same skin-safe technology when you're trimming those delicate nose hairs of yours. The Crop Care Kit includes the Crop Preserver, Ball Deodorant. Everyone knows pumpkin spice lattes and ball deodorant go hand-in-hand. The Crop Care Kit also includes the Crop Cleanser Body Wash, a full body wash that can also be used on your hair, and also they come with crop mop ball wipes. You never know when the opportunity strikes, so you should always be prepared. Plus, you don't want to stink when you're sitting around that Thanksgiving dinner. If you suffer from stink foot or stand on your feet all day, then I have the perfect product for you, the foot duster, foot deodorant, that's made with cooling tea tree oil that offers a pleasant experience for the stankers of feet and allows you to take your shoes off with confidence. The Manscapes Refined Cologne is a cost-effective way to smell clean and fresh for your date. The Crop Cleanser Hair and Body Wash is designed with aloe vera and sea salt to leave your skin clean, fresh, moisturized, moisturized, and reinvigorated. The formulations here are all vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, and paraben-free, so you know your manhood is in good hands. Get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. When you use promo code TRAY, T-R-A, again, that's 20% off. And free shipping at manscaped.com when you use promo code TRAY, T-R-A. Make your balls a priority this fall. They will thank you. Um, I've heard you mention the word stankus for a long time. Yeah, I couldn't find it in a traditional dictionary. No. So I had to go to the slang dictionary. Yes. And it does say foul-smelling, stinking, unclean. Yes. Do you, do you and I'm think thinking, that, okay. Yeah. Listen, I, I do my research. 
I do okay. my I don't I, I don't just pull words. Now, you know, depending on who you ask, the Urban Dictionary is just like um, Webster. Webster. Yeah, it's just like Webster. It depends on who you're talking to. So when I when I pull words like this out, I do refer to my handy dandy Urban Dictionary to make sure that I'm using it properly. All right, I'm gonna give you credit for that. I, yeah, I don't believe you for a minute, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna give right. you credit for coming up with that answer. But did you did you not look it up and saw that? that I just looked it up. I'm and, like, and come it, on, Stankus. Yeah, the Stankus of feet. And look at that. And it's in the Urban Dictionary. <laughs> you think I'm just I just making this up? I research. Yes, I do. I research, I man. There's I research. Know long, I know, look, I know. I've known you a long time, and I know that. <laughs> Sometimes it ain't all right up here. It ain't. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 hey. You gotta pull a you gotta pull a switch every now and then. Hey, but, hey, I I know enough to say you know what? Before I put this word in there, let me go to the herb. If I don't look in Webster, all right, now let me go to the Urban Dictionary, and then like violins come up. Doo, 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 doo. You know what I'm saying? I go in the Urban Dictionary and I put in whatever word that I would like to use. Stankus. And then boom, there it is. File smell. You know. You 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 have you gotta stop drinking in the morning. You gotta stop. You, <laughs> hey man, I'm trying to tell you, man. Hey, the urban dictionary right. is right up there with Webster, depending All on right. who you ask. All right, let's get back on track here. All right. Okay. Um you were you've been talking about the defense periodically throughout this show, and I'll give you credit for one thing. Yes, I was very impressed with the run defense, considering they've been giving up well over 130 yards a game rushing. The previous four games, they held this Cleveland Browns vaulted, vaulted uh, running attack, which was averaging 159 yards a game going into that game with the Eagles. Uh, they held them for three plus quarters. But you know what? You pound enough, you pound enough. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, Nick Chubb, all you need is one time. Nick Chubb broke out of the gate like a wild coat. And Joe Osman, straight in the dirt. But I'll give Osman credit for one thing. He got up and went down the field and, and made the tackle. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, but, but here's again, the penalties that this defense made, mm-hmm. the penalties you make early on in the season, not consistently at this point of a season, which mm-hmm. continuously costs this defense. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's undisciplined football. I mean, when you come out there, you know, you, you keep trying to say, Hey, we're going to be disciplined. We're going to be disciplined. We're going to be disciplined. Offsides. Another offsides, mm-hmm. another offsides, illegal hands to the face, or whatever it, the different penalties are that happen within the game on the defensive side of the ball, we commit them. And, you know, and, and, and you know, it's not like you got to deal with a bunch of crowd noise in there. I mean, you know, it's a limited fans in there. But for whatever reason, because the way the stadiums have been, those hard counts have been extremely effective just across the board. When you look at games across the NFL – Hard counts have been extremely effective. It just seems like we're always getting caught at least two or three times a game with them, you know, and, 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 and it's always in bad times when we get caught with all sides. You best believe usually nine times out of 10 on that drive is going to be a touchdown. The offense, when they got what little momentum they got, the defense will give it right back to them, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I don't know. I don't know what's going on in the huddle. I don't know what's going on with Jim Schwartz on the sideline. But but somebody needs to be held accountable for this because this is happening again, like everything else, this is happening too frequently now. Nobody's hardly stepping up, nobody's making a play. 
you know, I want to see some animation on the sideline. I want to see somebody throwing a helmet or something. Mm -hmm. I want to see guys actually having to be separated, you know, be, be, because uh, they're tired of this. I don't see any of this, man. No. It's like, because, it's like Camelot over there. Yeah, because, because it's your leaders, man. It's, it, because it's not the young guys that's the problem. It's not the young guys that's the problem. It's the, it's the guys that everybody expect to be, you know, that leader of the group, and nobody wants to, you know, go and say anything to them. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, they're, they're the perceived guys that everybody is like, oh, you know, hey, you can't say nothing to him because he's been here for the X amount of years. He's this and that. So I think that that's what the problem is. Now, if it were the young guys that were out there causing some of these problems, oh, man, this would have been checked. This would have been checked. But the problem is, is some of your vets. That's the that's vets that's causing this problem. And you know, nobody uh, wants to ruffle each other's feathers. They, they, um, they spent a lot of money up front on this uh, Eagles defensive line. Now, they got three quarterback sacks on Baker Mayfield, but only three hits. The, mm -hmm. only, hits, the only hits on this quarterback was the sacks. Mm -hmm. You know, whereas your quarterback – getting sacked five times, but getting hit 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 times, 99 mm -hmm. times in a season, man. Um, why, why is this D-line not being more productive? You know, uh, I don't know, you know, because, you, uh, you know, you have some animals up there. You know, Fletcher Cox, when he wants to be, man, can take over a deep, an offensive front. When you know, he wants to be. That's the key term, when he wants to be. He can turn on and nobody can block him. But, you know, you got to catch him on his upside because then, you know, when he's down, it ain't the same. You know, um, Hargrave, I, you know, every now and then you see a play from him. It's not, you know, Malik Jackson, they, you know, again, you know, you're not seeing the, the, what, you, what you're paying for with this defensive front. And I think when you look at Barnett every now and then, he'll give you a solid rush here and there. BG has been having a Pro Bowl game up, in, up season up until this point. I think Josh Sweat is starting to come on a little bit more. He's being a little bit more active out there. But when you look at the interior of your offensive line, they're not out there whooping guys the way they should. Um, Jim, Jim Schwartz is an eloquent speaker. Uh, mm -hmm. I like listening to Jim Schwartz speak because he, he tells you something with passion, but he doesn't tell you anything. You know. Okay. Um, so he's should, like should, instructions for IKEA, uh, an IKEA product yes, that you got together. Yes. <laughs> yes. And just because you said that, we're never going to get any freebies from IKEA now. I'm but sorry, but, but now I love IKEA. I, I, yeah, too late now because I agree with you. I love some of IKEA stuff, but I'm looking at the instructions like this. <laughs> and you don't get words. It's all yeah. pictures, and half the pictures are grainy. And you want to put, you want to take a piece of just break it, and then when you put it together, and you have one screw left, you realize, where did this go? Well, it's and, spare. And then you back, no, 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 you backtrack and realize <laughs> you have to take six pieces apart to get this one screw in, or it's not going to hold up correctly. <laughs> hey, but it tells you a lot. But it doesn't give you anything. It doesn't give you anything. Um, <laughs> If you're if you're Doug Peterson, how are you analyzing Jim Schwartz's season? Uh, not good. You know, um, even though like this wasn't all on Schwartz, I thought that I thought that the defense came to play this particular game. But, okay. Um, you know, you know when they came out there, fifteen. You know, 
you only gave up 15 points. And then as a, as a, as a team, when you look at that, on the defense side of the ball, their whole goal is to keep that score under 17 points. Because right. they feel like, you know, if we, can, if we can keep this team under 17 points, we win. You know, now, you know, I know over the past couple of games there have been some issues out there. But I think overall in this particular game, the defense came to play. They came out there and was extremely aggressive in the run. I think that they held their own. They were ex- extremely disciplined and holding the gaps, not allowing, not over-pursuing it many times. Every now and then, you're going to have a big run every now and then. But, man, they, they really play that bend, don't break type style of front, you know. But um, when you have all of these penalties and undisciplined play, that's going to make everything look not, you know, the way, you know, you don't want it to be, you know. And I, I think, like, again, you got some, some guys, you're going to have to make some upgrades at linebacker. You're going to have to reevaluate what you got on, going on in this defensive front. You're going to have to get somebody to play on opposite of Slay as well. You know, just to kind of make this thing a little bit better. And you need a safety that can play downhill. I thought Jalen Mills, he made some plays out there. He was okay. But then there were times that you needed him to come and step up and bow your neck. And it wasn't it wasn't what it I mean, on that particular on Kareem Hunt's touchdown, I mean, why are you ducking your head? Like, oh my goodness. Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> why what are you doing? Wrap up. You know, wrap up. But instead, you come in there running in there like Sonic Sonic the Hedgehog. With your arms back and head down, like what? Are we, what is that? You know what I'm saying? They got put like, on that man's highlight reel. Yeah, he jumped right on over you, and it's like, man, you know, you you cornered that attack, and you get, is that a freshly manscaped? Uh, you know what I'm saying? Oh, <laughs> oh, he got to see all that carriage and all that yeah, under carriage. All that under carriage. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, so we're gonna transition from out with the old now to in with the new. Uh, Eagles defense did a pretty good job keeping Baker Mayfield contained. But now on Monday night, you got to try to contain that man, Russell Wilson. Uh, we've seen the damage he's done to Eagles defenses in the past. Let me, let me, let me put you in the defensive coordinator's chair for a moment. How do you defend Russell Wilson if you can? You know what? I would layer my rushes against Russell Wilson. I've always had an idea with how to – how to contain somebody like a Russell Wilson. And when, and when I mean layer my rushes, I would have a defensive, one defensive man is going to run high and the other one is going to be running low. So you don't ever want both of them meeting behind the quarterback. I want one running high and then I want the other one coming at a different level. You know what I'm saying? And then I want the same thing happening with my defensive tackles as well. Because then now that kind of creates a funnel for him instead of everybody rushing up field and meeting in the back. He'll take whatever hole he can get. But now I think if, if for Russell Wilson, I would layer my rushes as a defensive front and make sure that you're disciplined in those lanes. And it can't always be the same side. You know, so sometimes you might have to say, all right, you know what? Hey, BG, I need you to be the high guy. All right, Barnett, you be the low guy. You saw them do it only maybe once or twice when Chris Long was there. Because Chris Long said, all right, one time it was against – um. Phillip Rivers when they were against the Chargers. And you saw Chris Long give Barnett a signal. And you saw Barnett came in with a bull rush. He bull rushed and took the offensive tackle inside that made Rivers back out. And then now Chris Long ran the high hump and it ended up mm-hmm. being a sack fumble. So for me, I would layer my rushes, especially against an athletic quarterback like that. When you go back and you look at last year, and it was just because I did a study on this because uh, I was talking to Indy Kalu down in Houston. I look Indy at, Kalu. Yeah, I do. I jump on the radio on the air with him every now and then. 
And um, I was studying the Texans last year and how New Orleans attacked them. New Orleans got like six or seven sacks on their first game right out the season. And the way they got Deshaun Watson is they layered their rushes. And I mean, you can tell, all right, this is the high guy. This is going to be my low guy. Here's going to be my medium range guy. And they kept him funneled in, and they ended up finishing up the game with like six or seven sacks that game. Can this defense get to Wilson enough to disrupt him and maybe, maybe have a good measure of success before Russell Wilson can find uh, his weapons? Well, it depends on if you can – because it's going to depend on your secondary. You know, because now, you know, with – who did just got hurt with his ankle? Was it Maddox? Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, so Maddox is down. So now who's going to be your other corner out there? And, man, I mean, Metcalf is no joke now. I, I think um, Slay is going to be out there and going to try to do whatever he got to do. But, man, you need secondary to hold up just enough so that this front can get there. You got to give him a little time. But the problem with Russell Wilson is he's so – he doesn't have a certain way that he likes to escape the pocket. He'll take right. whatever he can get and just get on up field. Okay. So who wins the game on Monday night? Seattle. You look at me like, why you ask me a dumb question yeah, like I mean, that? I mean, Seattle, man. I mean, I, I don't – like I said, I, I don't see this team I, – I, I don't think that this team has enough in that locker room to turn this thing around. So for me, I feel like, you know, see, I, I'd be surprised if they win a game for the rest of the season, to be honest. I agree because yeah. I wasn't surprised Dallas came out of his buy and beat Minnesota. I wasn't mm-hmm. surprised one bit. The way Dallas played against Pittsburgh and had Pittsburgh on the ropes, he could have won that game mm-hmm. uh, with a no-name quarterback, and they got Andy Dalton back. I'm not surprised there. The Giants we've talked about a couple of times. The Giants are getting better and better each week. Mm-hmm. Daniel Jones is getting more and more comfortable with his weapons. And one thing we cannot overlook is the fact that Alex Smith has that offense moving now yeah. for the Redskins. And we know what the defense is. The defense is no slouch. Mm-hmm. So uh, you're right. There's no gimme for the Eagles from this point on because the next four opponents they play, Seattle, Green Bay, uh, Arizona, mm-hmm. and who am I missing here? Oh, Seattle, Seattle, Green, Green Bay, Bay, Arizona, Arizona, and then you got Washington and Dallas. No, we're missing one more powerhouse. We're missing one more powerhouse. New Orleans. New, New Orleans. Orleans, okay. Yeah. Even with Taysom Hill, even if they don't play Taysom Hill, okay? Mm-hmm. Seattle, New Orleans, Green Bay, Arizona, all average between 28 and 31-plus points a game. Mm-hmm. You think this Eagles team can score 31 points a game right now? No, no, <laughs> no, especially against those defenses. No, 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 no. This, this, this. And then, yeah, no. And then you got to go down to Dallas. They're laying in the weeds waiting for you because they know they got to pay back, you know, because mm-hmm. they beat Dallas, but they didn't even really d- dominate Dallas the way they should. No, it went to Nucci. You know, so yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see. I would be surprised. I would be surprised if this team can find another win for the rest of the year. I think that you've seen everything, all the wins that you're going to see from this team this mm. season. This is it. You know, just ride it out. You know, and because I'm telling you, just like I told you before, another couple of losses, another couple more, more punches in the mouth. Yeah, you start seeing guys keep fading out and and and, and walking out of this game. All right, and that brings us to the end of this uh, weekly game that we call Grilling the Birds. It is brought to you by Inside the Birds. Uh, you know, don't forget that you can get Grilling the Birds on Inside the Birds podcast and YouTube platforms. So, for my man, Trey Thomas, I'm Derek Gunn. We hope everybody out there had a great Thanksgiving. The holiday season is upon us. As dismal as it is, let us find some joy 
I don't know how, somehow, some way, when it comes to watching the birds. So 